Happy Monday, NBA fans. Hope everyone's uh, safe out there, wearing your mask, staying six feet apart. This is Lance Robertson. I'm here along with my co-host, No Aaron Eva, and this is Culture Surfing, the NBA edition, which will be dropping every Monday or Tuesday uh, of the week, and sometimes maybe Thursday or Friday as well. Uh, but with that said, we're going to go ahead and just jump into our Western Conference playoff preview. And if you have, uh, if you're curious about anything about us too, we do have a intro podcast for just the podcast in general. Uh, this is episode number one, of course. So Noe, a lot has been said about the Los Angeles Lakers and their very shaky bubble appearance. With that said, they are facing the Blazers, who also struggled, even though it took a lot of heroics to get into the playoffs. They struggled to get here. Yeah, but it does feel like the teams are coming in, you know, even though the Blazers haven't played well defensively for for sure, you do get kind of the feeling that emotionally they're coming into the series trending in two different directions. Um, like Dame is definitely riding that heat wave. You know, it feels like, you know, McCollum and some of the other players there definitely are buying into the fact that Dame is Superman and no one can stop him. Um, and most definitely not KCP. Um, and I feel like they're definitely kind of riding that high where the Lakers have kind of been lukewarm at best uh, in, in bubble play. We know that they're definitely the team that, you know, as, hell, they're in here as the number one seed. So they're still the team to beat. Um, they're, they're definitely not, you know, going to be an easy, an easy, you know, task for anyone. Um but it just kind of you just kind of feel that the the series as you're going into it, it feels like the teams are coming in with two different, completely different you know vibes, and uh, obviously vibes don't win series, especially not in the NBA playoffs, and especially not in bubble play where you don't have like that big you know fan base there to kind of help feed that vibe. Like you have to maintain that on your own because the crowd's not there for you. Yes, as speaking to uh, how the Lakers have kind of sluggishly came into the playoffs. In all fairness, LeBron teams are known of known to mail it in the last you know couple weeks, maybe even month of the season because they're not really looking to you know do any like records or. I mean, at this point, LeBron doesn't need to worry about winning another MVP. I believe he has four already, so I can. I'm not too concerned with them. However. Uh, some of the things such as AD only like shooting six times in a game, things like that, or just LeBron's comments about drama off court, which then he kind of mentioned and then didn't want to go into, which was kind of like, why would you even mention it then if you didn't want to talk about it? Uh, those things kind of make me question stuff, but it's really just an on-court product as like players like Avery Bradley not going to be there. Rondo's been injured. We don't know if he's, we're going to see him again. And then having to put KCP in the starting lineup. But with that said, I don't want to dive too much into it with uh, by burying the lead. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about X factors for each team. Um, and sometimes you'll see a superstar for the X factors. Sometimes you, it might not even be necessarily one player, just to let you know. Uh, but with that said, who do you have as the Lakers X factor, Noe? Oh, man. This is this is kind of a funky pick. Um just as I sat down and looked at it, because you don't obviously you don't want to go LeBron, you don't want to go AD because it's just too cliche. You, everybody knows that obviously those guys have to come out and play and play at, at, at an elite level to carry the rest of the squad. Because man, it's it's a lot of nobodies after that, you know. 
Um, I mean, it's names that have been around in the league for a while, but it's just not guys that that you're expecting to do that much. Um, that said, I have to pick somebody, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> with, 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 for me, I mean, as much as I can't stand the kid, it has to be Kyle Kuzma. Um, the Lakers, they, they desperately need a third option to be able to do something um, because AD so far has have shown to have some nights where he's just cold, you know? Um, and you know exactly what you're going to get out of LeBron night in and night out. Um, and at the very least, you'll know you'll get the free the free throw parade from him. Um, so even if he's not having a great shooting night, he's going to get his points. He's going to get, you know, he's going to cause foul trouble. AD, you expect to be able to play, you know, at a decent clip, of, you know, at a decent level. But I think the X Factor for sure, if there has to be one that's not LeBron and AD for the Lakers, it has to be Kuzma. Yeah, and I think you can uh, you can definitely go by that because obviously they they thought so much of them that they kept them out of uh, the AD trade. I don't know that that would very much. <laughs> well, I do have my own take on that. I think it was more so because he has a very very friendly relationship with Genie Bus. I don't. But think, I don't think New Orleans would have taken him. I think they wanted Ingram or nothing. <laughs> they made that. Yeah. And New Orleans in for 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 New Orleans defense, that was the right move. I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got everything they could out of that and draft picks for years to come. Uh, I think that is a fair assessment. However, I'm going to go with more of a veteran player that's kind of been up and down, and that's going to be Danny Green. Um, A lot was made for him when he uh, signed to the Lakers. As you know, know, we're both Dallas guys, and there was a lot in limbo waiting for him to decide. And usually players like him usually don't have that pull. But nobody somehow he held the Mavs hostage until yes, the last second. He did uh him and obviously Kawhi Leonard made up of uh, a wing tandem that was uh yeah, crucial definitely. for championship success. So um, I think he needs to have a huge series because I think there's going to be a lot of firepower and a lot of three pointers uh, shot. And honestly, the, the Lakers shooting is just not that great defensively. I'm not that worried about them. Uh, I think they'll be able to hold their own. And Portland is one of the main teams that you can to get off on besides Dallas uh, in terms of scoring because they really don't have any defensive studs except for maybe Nurkic. And their wing defense is, if anything, non-existent almost. So Green, I think, is going to have a lot of wide-open shots. He just needs to take them. And, and actually, to, to piggyback on your point, I think the value in – Green, it, it, it might he his value might be bigger on defense than it will be on offense because the Lakers don't have guard matchups for McCollum and for Dame and Danny Green is likely going to be drawing a lot of that a lot of that you know responsibility um, on either or on both at any given point throughout the game. So I you know his ability to try and make some kind of stops you don't expect anybody to stop Dame the way he is right now, but McCollum's back isn't one hundred percent you know. Danny Green is is a above average defender that you would expect to to be able to at least influence that that side of the ball. Yeah, to me it's up to because I don't necessarily know if he's going to guard Dame a lot because I don't, I don't even that. think that's a good uh, position for him to guard. It's either going to be McCollum, and I can see him sometimes guarding Melo. Um, not saying Melo needs to be guarded by one of the better wing defenders, but I mean, I yeah, think I size wise, that makes a little bit more sense. And right. plus, Melo's just not that, he doesn't have that quick first step anymore. So I think that yeah, can kind it would, of it would definitely be the McCollum matchup. Yeah, I think it'll be McCollum. And as you mentioned, the back, 
issue, but I mean, I mean, let's just not ignore the 14 points he had in the fourth quarter. That is McCullough. Right now, yeah. He, yeah. So he, he's still capable. Yeah. He's, he's definitely a, a great second option, at least for Portland. Um, and speaking to Portland, um, who do you have for their X factor? I'm curious about this one. Um, man, it has to be, I, I, I really, this one I found to be a no brainer. Um, and I don't want to hear anybody say mellow in any of this. Um, Are you sure? Because you were really going to town for him when I was uh, really ragging on him last night. No, you I don't were? think. Yeah, I don't think that he's he's like, listen, he's not the old mellow. I think we all agree on that. Um, but he definitely deserves a place in the league. And, I, and my thing with it was ragging you about riding him off so quickly when players much worse are running around the league, you know, doing whatever the hell they do. Uh, but no, 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 it's not mellow. It has to be Nurkic. It's a no-brainer. Nurkic is the guy that can be the biggest the, the biggest swing in this, I think. His ability to play any kind of defense against AD and, more importantly, making AD work on the other end of the, of the court. Um, I know that he'll likely end up matched up with McGee more often than not and you know Dwight Howard more often than not. But just having the inside presence – to, to be able to maybe draw some fouls and do some rebounding and do some some of that dirty work for Portland is going to be crucial for for their success. Um, they they shoot a lot of threes, and even though they're a great shooting team, they need to get some of those back. they got to get some second-chance opportunities if they're going to have a chance against the Lakers, and I think Nurkic is, is, is going to be the big big part of that. And also, you know, you got to get some easy buckets at some point. I mean, you can't live you can't live off of mid court threes and expect to win seven you know best side of seven series, yeah. as great as that would be. Um, it's just not it's just not a winning formula to do it night in and night out over the stretch of a series. So for me, it's got to be Nurkic. Yeah, and honestly, I I kind of want to go there. Like I told you before we started recording, it's just I just knew you were gonna. I had a feeling you might go there. And honestly, he is the second best creator on the uh, Blazers because, yes, McCollum is a great scorer, but, I mean, you've seen him. I mean, the way he palms that ball and he can he can get the ball back to Lillard or, or down right. low on cuts. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be huge because there's going to be more op- – need to be more uh, players getting open shots because, yeah, contested 30-footies are, are, are great and all for uh, – Oh, for the highlight really, Cinematics yeah. and stuff. But, yeah, for actually winning a basketball game against – Two of the top ten players in the NBA. You're gonna you're gonna need uh, some open looks. But uh, with that said, I'm gonna go with a young player, and he wasn't really a factor in the regular season, at least a regular regular season. But here in the bubble, he's he's came out, and that's uh, Gary Trent Jr. I think his energy and just his overall exuberance for the game. I mean, the guy is attacking. He's not scared to shoot. Uh, I think it's gonna be huge for an aging Lakers team, especially you know aging guards. I think right. uh, putting the pressure on them, I think that could uh, that can force a series to six or seven. And also, what is your take on this series in general? Like, who do you have, and 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 how many games? I love how you keep putting me on the pressure first. <laughs> oh, you're you're gonna you're good under pressure. I, I trust. Um, it's hard to pick against the Lakers, right? Uh, they're the number one seed. You don't see the one eight upset. Hardly ever. I, I don't know. I don't know if you have any stats for oh, that. We've seen it. It's just unfortunately oh, we're Dallas fans. Yeah, we're Dallas fans. We've seen it, but we choose to repress that very, very far back and and in the back, 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 back part of our minds because I don't like to think about it. Um, but it's not common, right? It doesn't happen often. Right. 
Um, do I think that there is any kind of upset chance? Yes. Um, I You can't just 100% eliminate Dame out of a formula, you know, in a series like that, right? Like, you have to know that this guy is capable of coming out there and dropping 60 six straight go in a row, you know, especially if Caldwell Pope is who's, who's guarding them. Like, dude, that's going to be an absolute massacre um, night in and night out. That said, you know, I like the Lakers in it. Like you, you, you have to, you know, bank on LeBron's greatness and AD just being a top 10 player. They're going to find a way to overcome Portland's defense is God awful. Um, they 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 can't stop anything. Um, Nurkic, you know, is the only person that really ever seems to make a defensive play, and he's just not going to be able to keep up and do it, you know, enough to be able to hold the Lakers from from winning games. Um, that said, I don't think it's going to be you know I don't think it's going to be a blowout series. I think it'll be it'll, it'll be contested. Um, I think Dame Dame will definitely make something out of it. So if I had to pick and. In, are we picking teams and number of games here? Yeah. Give me LA and six. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not going to say too much because you pretty much uh, touched on everything that needed to be said. And I also have them in a six, six wow. uh, LA and six, and also it's a close six. I think. Surprised we agree. We don't agree often on stuff like this. When we yeah, I was going to say seven, but I mean the way Portland struggled against uh, Brooklyn and then also Memphis without Triple J. Jaron Jackson Jr., it's just kind of like, man, they, they don't have no wing defenders, man. They I will say this. It does not behoove the Lakers in any way to let this go seven. If it goes seven, I really like the chances of Portland finding a way to pull it off. Um, Just because in a one-game scenario, you know, I feel like it's more likely that Portland makes a couple of stops, then the Lakers finding a formula to stop Dame and McCollum. Um, well, this I is definitely the uh, banana boat challenge, if you will, for Melo yeah. and LeBron. So I don't, think it, I don't think it'll get there, though. I think I think I think the Lakers find a way to take care of it in six. Um, would not be surprised by the gentleman sweep, but uh, but six feels like the right the right place to be, like the sweet spot for the series. McCollum's not getting swept. I or, or sorry, uh, Dame is not getting swept. I well, McCollum too. I mean, remember McCollum? Yeah, uh, in the game yeah. seven versus Denver last year. It was pretty much him that. I, just, I don't think he's swept for sure. I could see a gentleman sweep if if everything just happens to go right for for Lakers. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I feel like six is the is the spot to be. I don't. Yeah. I really hope because I would love, absolutely love to see Portland win the series, just because I like to watch the world burn and. Nothing would cause more more burn than that. Um, it it would put Lakers summer in a really interesting place. You know, I don't know. It it would be great to watch Portland win it because, I, like I said, I, I just I'd love to watch the world the world burn. And because I think that the Lakers winning is inconsequential because I don't see them getting out of the West. But we'll get to that later. There we uh, go. So, so we'll get to that later. Yes, follow that one away for later, y'all. Uh, yeah, so I, this- I like the world burning if if it's inconsequential anyways, right? Um, if the same team is still going to make it out of the West, then why not? Why not have some anarchy? Um, I just I just I just don't see the Lakers losing it. That's fair. I mean, and and I'm just going to say one more thing about the Lakers. They're really not uh, a dominant 
one seed, honestly. So I can see why people have some doubt as to how many games it's going to take to wipe out. I, I think that the they're Lakers. out within the Lakers, to be honest. I mean, some of the some of the drama that we've heard some recently from LeBron, even you know. Yeah, I mean, you can't have a LeBron team without drama. But speaking <laughs> of drama, uh, my the next series is going to be full of it. Um, and that's going to be the Rockets versus the Thunder. Uh, so obviously the Chris Paul trade. Next. That's what we're covering second. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What's wrong with it then? So uh, people don't know, or maybe you do, but I am a big uh, CP3 advocate. Uh, hmm. Pretty much. Uh, what we're gonna go with? Yeah, for the the PG the PG uh, the PG title is advocate. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? Through the years, I've had. Uh, some things to say about Harden. However, I can acknowledge that he is a top three, top four MVP candidate. I mean, you, you can't just leave him out of the conversation. Okay. Westbrook has had a resurgence this year, even though I kind of wrote him off last season. But uh, since they made the trade when they got rid of Capella and kind of opened up uh, the paint for uh, Westbrook to go in the lane and no bigs to be down there, I mean, he's played well. And honestly, uh, if you want to put them like uh, all NBA third team, I wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't look at you like you're nuts going off of, uh, you know, the second half of the season. Um, but uh, with that said, I guess I'll go ahead and give my X factor since I'm on a roll here. Uh, Eric Gordon will be my X factor for the Rockets because uh, reports are saying that uh, Westbrook is dealing with a quad strain. Uh, and when when D'Antoni was asked about it, he didn't necessarily sound confident that he was going to come back. He was more so hopeful, and hope is not great. I need facts. So, it, I mean, it, he could miss Westbrook, that is, one or two games. Uh, so Eric Gordon needs to come back strong. And his first game back against the Pacers, I haven't seen him explode to the basket since like two years ago, and he looked really well. But I think uh, Harden's not going to be able to, you know, go full Dame and like average 35 and, and beat the Thunder. So I'll go Eric Gordon. Wait, wait, what'd you say that last part there? What's that? Oh, I'm yeah. saying that Harden's not going to be able to go full Dame and, and like average 35 and then you win the series. And average 35 against okay. No, no, and win the series. Oh, okay. No, yeah, he could definitely do that. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I look, I support Austin Rivers being a good role player, but him scoring in 38 points again or 41, no. Happen. No. So who yeah. you got for the for the Rockets? For the Rockets, it's uh, man, I I really am not a fan of these Rockets. Um, I I yes, I do I do agree that James Harden is is definitely a you know top five player in the league. Um, and he's most definitely going to be a problem to anyone. Um, I would, you know, we really don't, there's not really a lot of known for Westbrook, right? Like what are we, cause, cause to me, Westbrook is almost the X factor of almost any series he plays in because you really don't know what you're going to get out of Westbrook as far as efficiency goes. Um, cause an efficient Westbrook wins you just about any series and an inefficient Westbrook will lose you one with just about any opponent. Um, and then now that he's not healthy, that makes it even more difficult to gauge, you know? Um, and I hate being so cliche, but it, it just, Westbrook is the actual X factor in this. Um, 
let's say this Westbrook's health is the X factor in this. Um, cause that's probably the key is, is he healthy enough? Cause, cause when he's most effective is when he's not shooting the crazy threes and he's actually attacking the rim, you know, that's when he's most efficient. And I don't know that he's a hundred percent able to do that right now. Um, and I think that's what decides the series. I, as far as like what what we see coming out, of, and, and this is funny because like I'm not an OKC fan. Um, I I think Houston wins the series, but I think it's a lot closer. It's really really close, is what I just say. If Westbrook's not 100, um, so I think Westbrook's health is X factor for the, for for Houston Rockets in the series. Yeah, and I mean, once again, just a fair assessment. Because really, this team is not designed for Harden to go, you know, one on four, whatever. You know, it's he needs another player with him because honestly, they just don't have enough players that can create. Eric Gordon is maybe the the third guy that can create for himself. Yeah, Austin Rivers has shown, but let's not get carried away and think just because you you know you can do it every once in a while, you can do it in the playoff scenario. Um, so yeah, Westbrook is definitely the domino. That's most effective, you know, in this, yeah. in this whole situation. Yeah, that's uh, the one that can fall either way right now, you know, um, as far as making a big difference in the series. Now, for the Thunder, uh, you know, typically you would think, oh, Chris Paul is the catalyst for everything, which he is. But especially with 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 Westbrook out, I mean, I I mean Westbrook wasn't going to really be guarding Chris Paul anyways, but he doesn't necessarily have to worry about Westbrook, you know, uh, the, the right. players that Chris Paul is going to have to guard now. I mean, they're not going to really give him any challenge, especially being his advanced age, but my, my pick is actually a youngin, And I think this is going to be his come out party. Cause yeah, people know about him, but on the big stage and that's Shea Gil, just Alexander. Right. Um, I mean, this guy is huge. I, I think he's, I think his athleticism once again, we want to talk about players that are aging. I mean, Houston Rockets just don't – they don't really have any, like, just defenders, really, that can uh, disrupt this dude. I think he's going to be able to get to the the basket. I think Chris Paul is going to open up a lot. Huh? You mean James Harden's not locking him down? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to disparage uh, James Harden's defense here because I know post-wise he – Post wise, he can he can hold his own. Like if you try to post him up, he's he's bulky enough. But yeah, I just think SGA is going to have a coming out party. Uh, I mean, I think Gallinari is going to uh, do well. But I don't know. PJ Tucker and uh, Covington are good enough defenders to uh, to kind of disrupt some of that. Adams, we'll see if he can you know stay on the court for 28, 25 minutes a game because I know you know the bigs usually get played out of these scenarios. But he is pretty physically imposing, but I just don't see him being a huge factor. I think it's going to be SGA. Um, I don't really have too much else to say about that. I just, I just think this is it's just yeah, time. I actually really like your pick. Um, for the sake of going a different direction, um, I'm going to go Gallinari. Um, he's going to have some tough matchups, but he has to find a way to win some of those matchups and be productive if OKC wants to have a chance to advance. Um, if he's not able to win some of those matchups, then I just don't see them getting past Houston. Um, he's got he's got to find a way to to produce against those those tough defenders. Um, 
Tucker's gonna give him is gonna give him hell. Um, but he's got to find a way. And and if he, if there's anything in this world, Gallinari can do is score. Um, he's got to be able to produce. If if he can't produce, this is not going to be a good series. And speaking of producing, I think he would because you know he's been playing at the four a lot this year. Right. I think for just you know minutes at a time, just to try it out. They should try him at the five because you know the Rockets are going to run with guys that are like six ten, six nine. Yeah, they so, can do. Yeah, so with this team specifically, they can do something like I think that I think they should definitely try him at the five and just see how that works out. I mean, just as the sake of spreading the four, because look, the Thunder are not used to having four spreaders. When not. you know, Westbrook and Durant were there. I mean, they had like Tabo Cephalosha as their <laughs> three and D guy. I mean, I love him. He's awesome, but yeah. man, times yeah. have changed. You just can't have guys that can't shoot. You know, he's not Gahanari in the three point line. Yeah. So this is a time where you can experiment and do things like that. And you don't have Perkins, you know, ruining anything anymore. But yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and go along this series. I think it would have been closer if it wasn't for injury. Uh, but yeah, Nuggets, Jazz. Oh, you still have to pick. We still have to pick on. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. You you picked the Rockets, right? Yeah, I'm going to go Houston. Um, Give me Houston. And give me, man, I think this is a – give me Houston in seven. I like it being close. Okay. Well, that's that's kind of <laughs> what kind of what I'm going to say. But I'm going to say the Thunder in seven. Thunder in seven. Yeah. I think – I mean, like you said, I mean, the black cloud of Westbrook's injury is looming over this team. And so you got James Harden out in the first round. Yes, but I also have Westbrook out of the first round, which is not really oh, God. to say. So if we if we want to go back to that whole watching the world burn thing, that would be great for anarchy. Um oh. what is Daryl Morey doing in offseason where they get knocked out in the first round? I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, it doesn't even sound like D'Antoni's coming back and also Morey with you know the new ownership for Tita. It doesn't sound like they're on the same page. I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Paul is the reason. Or one is one of the reasons why this whole Houston experience is over, except for obviously Harden, because he's not going anywhere. So, so is 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 it championship or bust then for Houston? I mean, I think they have to at least make the finals for any of them to come back. Because the way that Fertitta talks, he doesn't look he doesn't sound happy with all the money he's spending. <laughs> but I mean, hey, I, he's also on national TV, you know, begging for money from Trump. So I'm not going to get into that. Um, (laughs) All right. That's good. I like that. We disagree there. Um, Yeah. But it's, I don't think it's that big of a, I would love to see it. Cause again, this is one of those series that I, people may hate this about me. um, But I very much am kind of like end result kind of person. And this series ends up being inconsequential for me. Cause I don't see either team coming out of the West either. Um, But for the sake of entertainment. Yeah. I see it going seven. I see it being close. I like Houston on it. I just don't think that James Harden gets knocked out in the first round uh, as much as I would love to see that happen. I'm not the biggest CB3 guy. That's not an uh, indictment of his ability to play basketball. Um, just more so, uh, I'm just not a fan of the guy. Um, we'll get into that some other time. Yeah. For sure. I mean, and honestly, this this series is kind of a coin flip. If it wasn't for the Westbrook injury, maybe 
it, I wouldn't think so strongly about the Thunder winning. But even then, I'd say in seven. So it's not like I got him in five or six. I, I think this series could oh, go either cool. way. Yeah, it'll be close. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that we are going to be seeing a lot here in this in this NBA bubble is a lot. You know, we've seen it in the past, especially with three point shooting teams. Um, three three point shooting teams that depend on their role players hitting a lot of threes. You know, we, we see big swings from home court to home court uh, switch. Oftentimes, those like role players are a lot more comfortable shooting shooting at home. Than they are on the road, and I'm curious to see how the the whole bubble experience affects that. You know, is is there is there a switch at all? You know, or do they? Is it just consistently good shooting or consistently bad shooting, or is there even any any sway? You know, it. it I'm really curious to see how, how how that works out because in the past, having home court for your role players is is been very important, um, and obviously, we don't have that this year. Yeah, it's the one thing I do appreciate uh, about the bubble, and it's just the players being able to be in the stands. And I think that's going to be huge for the playoffs because you saw how Dame was with uh, Patrick Beverly and uh, Paul George. <laughs> I think that stuff like that's going to ramp up the competition. And it's, I mean, players we'll are just have, we'll have more, players playing that role. Yeah, because, yeah, as much as, you know, the media and fans want to think they matter in terms of Definitely influence, it's the players that are really. Oh, no, you can't you can't discredit the the vibe of an arena making a difference on a team. No, but I'm saying I'm saying having your peers watch you and judge you right there, I think is more pressure. You think so? I don't know. You think the media is? I mean, is I, I I don't necessarily disagree, but I just think I think having someone like you're the person that's gonna play you in the next round being in the stands, you know, giving it to you, you know, verbally. I think that thing that says something. I think that means a little bit more. But anyways, let's just gonna go ahead and move on to the next series. Uh as I as I mentioned earlier, this one is might have been a little bit more close if it wasn't for injury, but uh we're gonna have the Nuggets and Jazz. Okay. I'll let so, you start. Yeah. So for the Nuggets, their X Factor, and this is more so because of the lack of uh personnel for the jazz. I think Will Barton is going to come up big this series. Uh, for one, he is a veteran presence. He's a little bit more vocal than uh, Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, of course, usually does his talking with his play. And also Barton, his ability to get his own boards. He's a pretty good offensive uh, rebounder for his position. And I mean, the jazz just don't have any wing defenders anymore. I mean, they just, they really don't. They don't, they don't have anyone that can guard the wing. And honestly, in recent past, if you don't have a, a an elite or at least a pretty good wing defender, you're probably not going to win the championship. Uh, as you can see, the Raptors had plenty of wing defenders right um, last year, and that meant the world. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Will Barton for the number. injuries. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people that know my uh, stance on that, you know, they kind of think I'm a little polarizing with that. But yeah, it's, it's true. Hey, the ring, the ring counts just the same. Yeah, and it still looks. Really good on your hand. So and the journey to get there to even get to the finals, no one no, thought for sure, for yeah. sure, that you definitely can't discredit that. Um, for Denver, I think this might be my pick all throughout the playoffs and almost like for the future of the Denver Nuggets, it has to be MPJ, right? Um, Michael Porter's. It's, it's funny so far in his career, it's always been about how much of a freak he could be. 
but then never actually being able to see it, you know? Right. Um, and then, of course, now we've seen glimpses of it here and there, but we don't know how much of that really is going to materialize in his career. The playoffs is a good place to start making those statements. Um, that's that's where he's going to have to produce for people to buy in. Um, it, by by definitely a lot of people already buying Michael Porter stock, but I think this is this is where he makes his pitch. Um, this is where he kind of comes out and really makes his 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 sales pitch for people trying to decide whether they're buying into Michael Porter. The Jazz don't. You know, I don't think they match up well to defend them. Um, I like him having a good series. Yeah, and speaking of uh, his emergence, if you will, the thing is, it's not like he wasn't playing bad in the regular season. It's just that Michael Malone wasn't playing him. Right. Maybe he was taking him slow because obviously his injury history. Right. And, you know, I I covered the Nuggets for a little bit with Nuggla for fan-sided. So I was one of the – the many Nuggets fans or followers that was seeing it slowly and surely, he just his minutes he was just wasn't able to get his minutes up, and and I don't think that was anything to do with what he was doing in practice. But I think that was more so just taking it slow, which honestly with his history, I think Michael Malone did the right thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the Jazz defense in terms of obviously Gobert is great and all, but. I just I don't see them being able to stop the Nuggets uh, repertoire no. of offensive yeah. players, you know. And we haven't even got into Jokic and Jamal Murray if he you know, awakens. Like we've seen Jamal Murray, you know, have some good games against, say, like the San Antonio Spurs last year in, uh, in the first round. Um, yeah, I wish he was more consistent because me too. He's got the he's got the talent for it for yes. sure. He's got the talent. Uh, he's got the and talent. yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, it's just he's he's been very hit or miss, more so on the miss uh, this right. season. Uh, but as far as the Utah Jazz concern, this guy. Oh my goodness, he's such when he's on, he's on, but when he's not, it's just like why I don't want to say why is he in the league, but it's just like <laughs> why are we talking about him right now? Uh Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Uh so I remember once upon a time when he was included in a trade package when he was with the horrible Lakers at that point, he got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And supposedly he was supposed to be one of the reasons why the Cavs would revitalize their offense and start playing with more spring in their step. And I mean, even LeBron couldn't make him look that well. I mean, if LeBron can't make you look good, then I don't know what to say about you, but he, he, look good. he looks better with the ball in his hands. And that's something right. that happen often with LeBron on your team. This is true. And I, in all fairness to him, uh, he's not necessarily having a bad season, but like I said, when he's cold, he's cold. So that is definitely my pick, um, but I think you could stick. I mean, I don't even think you need to, but I think you could stick someone like Tory Craig on him and just be safe. Tory Craig, of course, being on the Nuggets, uh, I think he should get more playing time in the playoffs. But he didn't really get that much playing time uh, in the regular season. But he is one of the reasons why the Nuggets' defense is is what it is. Um, right. Um, whenever the Jazz had their resurgence this season it, it was because of that trade um that you know to your credit to your point here it's it's he you know clarkson's been a big part of them and their success as much as it pains me to say it um i'm also i was split between him and gobert which i know is 
kind of pitiful because he shouldn't be an X factor. He he should be he should be a key player. Um, but a match the matchup is is tough. Yeah, there is he's trying to get his money. <laughs> um, and this series kind of like it, it, it's going to put a lot of things in perspective for the Jazz as far as you know what and how they feel about him. Um, you expect that he's going to get the max, right? Let's just say this. He is very important to the Utah Jazz. And I don't see a place where they can go to replace him and not be taking a loss as far as the talent drop goes, right? Right. But do you see him having a good series against Jokic? I mean, you would want to say yes, but honestly. Can you? No. I just think I'm I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to get played off the court. And I is think- – is the, is, is, the contract situation is does that weigh on him one way or the other, right? Is it is it a motivator to try and go out and you know perform over arguably the best center in the league? So with him with the contract, thankfully he's not a free agent this year. It's actually next 21. year. Yes. But you so, know to get paid. But soon. the thing is if they are thinking about trading him, which I don't really want to go and talk about Mitchell and Gobert, what they were going through or whatever, but from a basketball standpoint, if you do want to trade him, you obviously would hope he would have a good series at least uh, against one of the better and more versatile uh, centers in the game in Nikola Jokic. But yeah, I mean, I can see why Gobert is X-Factor. Give me, give me Clarkson for the X-Factor. I don't mm. think that- Colbert steps up. I don't think that he's good enough to make life even remotely difficult for Jokic. Um, and it's unfortunate because I think that that's, that's an indictment on Colbert as far as, you know, this series goes. Obviously, I don't, no one's going to have a great series against Jokic, you know. And I can't have Gobert be my X Factor because I don't think that he's able or capable to step up enough to make right. the difference to win the series. I don't, well, in, fair, and in fairness, in his defense and, and all, I don't see anybody with the Jazz being able to make enough of a difference to win the series. I will say this: uh, we spoke to uh, injuries uh, before we, you know, really started getting down to the nitty gritty. Uh, I think Boyan Bogdanovich would have definitely made some kind big, of impact yeah, because their biggest struggle is their offense, man. They, yeah, it, it's it's very much Mitchell dependent. I mean, because Mike Conley, as or I don't want to say as great as dependable as he was in Memphis. It's just, unfortunately, it's not happening here. It's not like he's a hindrance completely, but compared to what they thought they were going to get, because he just he's just not playing up to a par. And Mitchell is is awesome and everything, but he's still not there uh, offensively that he can carry you by himself to a playoff victory. And I, no, I really like him, but... He has lapses. Yeah. But I, lapses. I, I just think uh, the... The shooting of uh, Boyan would have would have uh, played right, an so effective role. It seems like we agree here. Nuggets are probably, and I think this is probably pretty universal. Um, Nuggets are probably winning this series without too much of a hassle. So give me what you're calling it. I'm going to say six. Okay, I like the gentleman sweep for the Nuggets. Okay, all right. I mean, because I want to get there, but I'll be completely frank. I watched a good amount of Nuggets games this year and they let go a lot of games they should have won. And it's just, 
All right. They have – they're the one of the few teams in the NBA the that has a continuity in the roster that right. you thought they would build upon that and have a stronger season. Right. Like I, I, I thought they would be like a second seed in the West. Did you really? I really, I really, I didn't think LA because I thought LA was going to the LA teams. I I thought the Clippers would be the best, and then uh, then so you had so you had Lakers at the third seed. Yeah, it was like third or fourth because I was like the Lakers are going to not worry about the regular season. That's what I thought, and I thought LeBron was going to. I didn't think he was going to go on this uh, defensive tear like he did. I mean, he he's kind of woken, and I, I respect it. I I, I really think, just thought he was going to continue to rest on defense. I think the Nuggets landed right where I thought they would. Um, I think they're the third best team in the conference. I think that's they they they're they're in a fair position. I think. I mean, and and let's be let's be real here. The Michael Porter Jr. coming out, I think I think that'll help them a lot. I really didn't see him being that big of a factor, but now it, it kind of gives a new wrinkle to this team that otherwise I di- I didn't think it would have. Yeah, like like I said, he's to me he's their X factor for not just the series but for the whole playoffs. He's their X factor as far as any kind of title aspirations that they may have, because um, you know that that's the player that can that I that I can see. You know, aside from the ones that you know what you're going to get out of, right. and give you that extra push, um, especially against some of the you know the teams that they're going to have to beat that are going to be able to you know like if you're going to get any if anybody's getting past the Clippers, you're going to have to be able to score multiple different ways to try and get get it done. Um, so. He's definitely their X factor in my mind, as far as like their whole playoff run goes. But for the series' sake, you know, I just I don't I don't see there being much of a of a resistance from the Jazz. I think I think it's just too much to ask of Mitchell to do more. You know, as far as what this current roster looks like. That's fair. Uh, well, here we go. This is going to be the series. I think we're more than fair to say that we're going to be focusing on the most and we'll have probably the most to say about the series. So I'm glad that we're talking about it last, uh, the Clippers and the Mavericks. And it's unfortunate that this is what we're going to talk about the most, because this is probably going to be the least competitive series of all. Um, but because we're both Dallas guys, we're both Mavs guys, it's going to be the one that we talk more about. And if anything, it'll probably be a lot of venting, uh, frustrations for you guys throughout this series. It's going to be a tough match for the Mavs. Um, the Clippers are just so good, so deep, so versatile on both ends of the court. It's just – they're just too much. So do you want me to go first for the uh, X Factor? Would you want to go ahead and – Who do you want? First? Which team do you want to start with first? Uh, okay, I think we should go with the Clippers first. I think they earned uh, enough respect to uh, be talked right, before. Golly, pick one X Factor on the Clippers team. Yeah, this one, this their one is a little bit more interesting. X Factor, man. Their whole squad is. Um, give me, golly, man, this one's tough because you could go so many different directions with this pick. Um, I'm gonna go Montrez Harrell. Um, hey, there we go. Because. In the series, in in their matchup so far, Porzingis seems to play very, very well against them, um, because they don't really have anybody to match up with KP. And in fairness, I don't know that anybody in the league has somebody that matches up with KP well and what he's good at when he's shooting well from deep. There's just not a whole lot of slowing them down. Um, we you already know what they're going to get out of everybody else. Um, so if I had to say X factor as far as performance one way or the other it would be Montrose Harrell because everyone else I feel like you know what you're going to get out of 
Yeah, honestly, uh, mine is kind of yours, but a little bit more. Uh, it's actually just the front court uh, in general. Okay. Because, yeah, I have no worries about the wings and the guard. No. no yeah. But the Clippers' weakness the whole this whole season, which honestly they really haven't had much of a weakness. I think Doc Rivers has done a great job of uh, of getting any, everybody involved uh, and also being able to just uh, – because uh, I've read that the Clippers have the most uh, different lineups, like different starting lineups, because all the oh, everything. Yeah, yeah. So that's just how strong they are. They don't even have a consistent five, and they've been just killing it. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Ivica Zubat, uh, Zubats and Montrezl Harrell are my X factors. Um, I don't want to go by too much of what I saw the last game, but <laughs> yeah, I mean Zubats absolutely destroyed the maps, and yeah. I thought that was going to be. I don't want to say a weak link because I don't want to disrespect him, but I didn't think he was going to be that big of a, a, a difference. Yeah. So I, I mean, think it's going to be up to them. He was like nine for nine or something like Well, that. Uh, he finished the game 10 for 10. Yeah. See, like, golly, like that, you don't, and we don't expect him to do that. And I didn't know. So that, I think it's up to them. Um, I, I don't really have any, even Paul George, I give Paul George mess every now and then, but I, I think they're just going to be comfortable guarding Luca and, yeah, that's who I have for them. I don't want to get too much into Dallas because I, I have something interesting to say about them. But yeah, um, what about you for for Dallas? So who's your who's your person? Or so Dallas for me, and this is probably not the direction anybody would expect me to go, but it's 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 got to be Luca. Um, he's the best player on the team, but this is by far his worst matchup possible. Um, they can throw, you know too many players at him that are physical enough and athletic enough to really be giving him a hard time. If the Mavs want to have any prayer in winning this series, Luca has to find a way to overcome those defensive matchups that he's going to have. Cause if he can't, you know, limit his turnovers, which is going to be crucial for the series because of the pressure that he's going to be under defensively, if he can't limit his turnovers, if he's not able to have some semblance of efficiency, we already know he's not a great two-point shooter. If he if he falls into the trap of, I can't get to the rim, so I'm only going to step back three the whole series, it's going to be a really short series. Um, it's, it's just not going to be a formula for success. And because he's the person that's going to be handling the ball the most, um, for the Mavs, what he is able to do or not able to do in the series is what will dictate the series for me. So even though it seems pretty obvious that, you know, he, he to me, he's the X factor, his, his ability to overcome or not to overcome in this, in this case, which is what I'm leaning towards the defense that he's going to be facing is, is what will decide the series. And really more importantly, not decided because I think it's, it's pretty, it's pretty lopsided, but, It'll decide how long this series goes. Okay. And yeah, it's kind of that's kind of a glaring issue, right? Because I think the main narrative around this is Luca struggles with, you know, these physical, athletic, imposing wings. And that's yeah. the thing that's floating around. And honestly, that's I don't want to say I'm do. afraid, but that is I'm very worried, at least from a, a Mavericks person, you know, like yeah, that's, that's, that's who I support and who I follow. That is what bothers me the most um, is just what's going to be said. And it's kind of like almost inevitable at this point that it's going to happen. 
especially with all the the fan fear that Luca had got has gotten and also deserved really because I mean no one ex- they literally just that. finished with the best offensive rating of all time and the Warriors team last year uh, was uh, who they just passed for that so that that is well deserving of all all I don't want to say hype but of the love and recognition that he's getting. Uh, but with mine, it's actually a whole group of players, and that's the bench for the Mavericks. Uh, <laughs> I just, just any minute Mavericks. that Kawhi, any minute that Kawhi and Paul George is not on the court, we need to take advantage of that. And and Trey Burke, you know, his first game out, um, he looks really well. Since then, he still looks pretty good. Uh, I just, I think he needs to do a little better. Obviously, we mean you have privately talked about Seth Curry. Unfortunately, he's had that. Uh, the little leg soreness that they he missed yeah. two games in the bubble for. Uh, he needs to step up. He needs to step up big time. Uh, I think Finney Smith will be actually starting, so I'm not going to include him in this. And, and honestly, he's been stepping up uh, in the bubble at least. Uh, I don't think – I really don't think Beret is going to play much in this series because I think if he plays, he might – I don't want to say get destroyed, but they're going to – you know, they're going to take advantage of his age and also obviously his size. And Boban, I think Boban, any minute he plays – it's gonna be, I mean, I don't want to say huge because don't play be but yeah, yeah, which he tends to be. Yeah, he's very effective in in short bur- spurts. Well, you you know how I feel about these Mavs role players, um, and this is probably one of the things that you and I argue about the most because I am not big on these Mavs role players at all. I feel like all of them got to go. Um, I don't feel like any of them are championship caliber role players as far as what this team is building, you know, or wanting to build is that said, this is Lucas first year in the playoffs. This is the second year in the league. He doesn't have to go out here and win, you know, this series to prove anything to anyone. Um, it's early, you know, um, this is honeymoon phase of his career. I mean, he got into the playoffs, so he's going to be able to, you know, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's checking off boxes, you know, he's checking yeah. off boxes. If in your second year in the league you can take a, a team that you know hadn't made the playoffs, I think was it six years? Um, uh, six has been since 2016, so uh, four years. Four, so four years. Yeah. Right. Ever so, since we uh, uh, signed Harrison Barnes, we haven't been to right, so, yeah playoffs. <laughs> um, see, he's checked that off, right? This team hadn't made the playoffs in four years, and it's right. year, he's he's gotten them not by himself. KP has been a big part right. of that, but yes. but. You know the catalyst has definitely been Luca. Um, he is a second-year player that is found a way to work his name into the MVP conversation. You know, I think he's checking off boxes, right? I don't think that winning a series or making a deep playoff run is is what is required of him this year in order for us to really say, you know, like, oh yeah, he this is he he's the one or not, right? Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people that do feel that way because of the hype and because people have a tendency to see the stands and the extreme hype um, right. feel like there's their and feel like it's their job to, to balance the NBA universe and take the complete opposite end of the spectrum yeah. for this. Right. Um, Overcompensate because of obviously the other side that kind of ruins it for exactly. Yeah. It's, I think I'm kind of like, no, I'm not on either end, right? I'm in the middle. I think he's a great player. I think he's got a good future. 
I don't think he's got to do – would it be great to see him make some leaps and strides and bounds this playoffs? Yes, it would. Um, do I need him to do it for me to to think that, you know, that his, the future is bright? No, I don't. You know, um, this Clippers team is is my pick to get out of the West. Um, and to be honest, it's, it's, it's probably – you know, it, this may change, but because of the playoffs and the bubble play – but they're also my pick to win the championship. So I just, you know, if if you're if you if you're matched up against the the championship favorite or one of the championship favorites in the first round, um, and you get knocked out, that's not indicative so much of your young career as much as it is the fact that the Clippers are just a great team. Yeah, just getting uh into the conversation for the playoffs is is a success for the Mavericks. And like yeah. you said, Luca being an MVP talks. This early in his career, only second year in, is uh, monumental. Um, yeah, it's a story. So, yeah, so at this point, yeah, I mean, if, if you expect the Mavericks to win this, then either you work for the Mavericks or you just you delusional. Yeah, uh, or you're I, a fan. You're you're just you know. Yeah, which is fine. There's there's a place for y'all, and you know that's cool. <laughs> but I I just don't want to talk to someone that has those sentiments about this series. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say who I got. I mean, I yeah, go for it. Both know who that is and how many. I'm going to say five. I, I don't think their Dallas is going to get swept. Um, it would not surprise me to see a sweep, though. I will say that. Yeah, I, I, I would. It wouldn't surprise me, but. I think this offense is too good to just uh, not win a game on offense alone. They'll just all be on and and win a game. Right. And Um, knowing Doc Rivers, I think there will come a time where he's like, do I really need to push – like, do do I need to push Kawhi and Paul George when I know I have other teams we need to worry about? I mean, because you don't necessarily need both – well, you might need Kawhi, but you don't need both Kawhi and Paul George to finish the Mavericks off with this uh, Clippers roster. Like, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I like the gentleman sweep for the Clippers too. Um, I think, I think what happens is we see some some close first halves. Um, Mavs are terrible in the third quarter. I feel like that's where games get get split open, and uh, then we see you know Mavs team trying to recover in the fourth quarters, and I, I feel like they find one where they get hot enough in the second half that they manage to come back. Um, but other than that, I don't see them. You know, they're not a team that they're they're not a team that closes games well. Um, it's just not it's not a good it's not a good matchup regardless. Um, but that's okay. Like I said, this is this is going to be a growing pain for for the Mavs. Um, and and Carlisle, you know, and and the team they've 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 done well enough to get to where they have. They have, I will say, underachieved because they should have closed out a lot more of the close games and put themselves in a situation where they weren't matched up with the Clippers in the first round, um, which could have potentially led to a first-round series win. Um, they didn't do that. They failed to do that. I think I think that's the Mavs' biggest failure in the season, not losing to the Clippers, but not doing more to avoid the Clippers' matchup. Because had they matched up with another team, I really would have liked their odds to get past the first round. Um, if they end up in, this, in, in, in the five or the four, the the six, anywhere between four through six, I like their odds to to, to win a first round series, um, but not having closed out a lot of those games, not having set themselves up better for the playoff seating and ending up in the situation was really the the mass failure for the season. Um, not losing 
you know, lose, losing this Clipper series is not going to be what what ends up being considered a failure. And I think we'd be remiss if we don't mention uh, the trouble in the clutch situations for most of the reasons why the Mavericks, you know, are in that record in their yeah. position. Just like they were necessarily didn't have the driving seat against the Clippers in the bubble, but they were right there. They had tied the game. They took the lead at one point, and the Clippers just reminded. Oh, the Mavs better. bubble play has been in an indictment of what we've been seeing of the team. Like they've yeah. been, you they've shown to be good enough to beat anyone, and have also shown to just be young and lackadaisical and just not organized or not tempered to, to win games against good teams. Um, and, and like I said, I, yes, I do hold a lot of that on car on Carlisle. Um, maybe more so than other people do. I, you know, I get that in the end, I, I am going to give them a pass for it because the team is so young and it, and it does feel like it is making progress, right? Like they are improving. Right. And we're missing players too. You know, we're, I mean, there's a lot of players that are not on our team that we have to have certain players play, which obviously should not be playing in mistakes uh, like this. Season, they got to they gotta do better um, in those late game situations. Yep. They also need to figure out coming out of halftime, you know, they come out so terribly flat almost every game in the third. They got to find a way to come out of the half with some kind of spark. If it means making some changes to rotations to make, you know, to put, to put some more, you know, pieces to create offense in the first, you know, the first part of the third, then they, they may have to do that at some point. Uh, There's more staggering maybe between uh, Luca and KP. Cause I really, you cannot afford to have both of those guys off the floor in this matchup for more than like five minutes at a time. You know, it's just the game's going to get carried away, you know, at this point, sure. but but yeah, yeah, give me, give me, give me Denver in the sweep in the, in the uh, gentleman sweep. Um, would not be surprised at all by a sweep there. Definitely. Uh, you mean the uh, the Clippers? I'm sorry, the Clippers. No, nah, because nah, you also had Denver in the gentleman sweep, I believe. Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, the Clippers are definitely more than capable of that. Yeah. And uh, you know, like I said, that that they are for me uh, the championship favorites. And so I'm, I'm as a Mavs fan, I'm totally okay with that outcome, knowing that that's arguably the best team in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think I could be able to sleep at night in. I mean, yeah, if somehow miraculously Dallas does surprise and win. And yes, I think that would fair, uh, you know, fairly catapult both uh, KP and Luca. But uh, either way, if they lose, they're still all NBA players. I think uh, Luca will be first or second. And for the second half of the season alone, I think uh, KP deserves to be at least third. Um, as far as watching the world burns, I don't want to see a Mavs victory um, because I think that's that would probably be worse for the rest of the playoffs. I think that thins out the competition a little too much. So I'm not cool with that other than like the, my Mavs side fan of me that would obviously yeah. love to see the Mavs miraculously right. series like this and, you know, do something in the playoffs, but I just don't see it happening. Well, uh, I think we uh, covered the Western conference. Uh, yeah. Pretty nicely uh, covered the spread. Yeah. So, for the ones that don't know, my Twitter is uh, Lance underscore nine seven two. As I uh, mentioned before, I have I do write for Def Pen Sports, uh, the basketball division. Uh, there are some other. There is another website I might be writing for soon. Just uh, waiting for confirmation on that. Um, and then, of course, uh, we'll have more to come. Me and Noe uh, might 
we've been we're in the talks. We might have another episode later in the week because obviously we want to cover as many games as we can. We don't want to fall uh, far behind. But Noe, tell these nice people where they can find you at on your social medias. I am freshly on Twitter at a eleven underscore Noe. That's a eleven underscore N O E. Catch me on there. Bounce stuff off of me if you got anything. If you pissed off at me for something I said on here. I promise you, as this podcast continues, I will most definitely be pissing people off. I have a tendency to do that with some of some of my takes. Um, some of them are hot, some of them are humorous, you know. So you'll know. Um, but I'll take all the heat. I welcome it. It'll be fun. And also, I just want to go ahead and mention this is uh, more so for people that would like to inquire about getting on, or if they had any questions in general. We do have a email uh, for the podcast uh, network itself. And that is going to be uh, culturesurfing at gmail.com. And as I mentioned in the uh, intro pod that we recorded before this one, uh, I will also be covering uh, music, um, film. Uh, we are already slated to have a artist from Seattle for one of our first episodes. It's probably going to be the second episode, maybe the first for the music pod. Uh, but I would love to have local artists on or just anybody in general. Uh, I would like to talk with you and uh, and me and Oe can go about uh, any NBA guests as well. Uh, I do have yeah. a couple of candidates that I do want on, but I think uh, me and Oe uh, this is uh, definitely an adventure for us, and it's definitely uh, it's definitely uh, at the moment a lot more for having fun than it is for trying to make a career out of it. I mean, if something comes of it, that'd be excellent, right? I mean, we would all definitely welcome that. And if not, you know, then that's perfectly fine. Life is fun. We'll enjoy this. Anybody wants to come on here and, you know, have some fun with us and, and get your opinion out and get your your takes out on on anything NBA. Um, definitely reach out to the email. Reach out to one of us on Twitter. And, um, you know, obviously we do want to keep certain parameters that we want to keep as far as, you know, the pod goes. Um, but so long as you're not a maniac or an absolute moron we're more than glad to have just about anybody on and definitely we'll bounce some stuff off of, of just about anyone as far as you know having any exchanges on here and getting on the show well said noe uh and i'm just gonna say uh everybody once again be safe wear your mask social distance uh and have fun uh me and noe will hear from y'all again soon